everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Michaels, and thank you for being here again with me today. I have a another solo show coming at you today, and it's something that just came up a lot in my week this week, something that I notice within a few patients of mine and something that I think is just so important to remember. And this is likely information that you already are aware of, but I just wanted to reiterate it in a more um, scientific slash metaphysical approach. So today I wish to discuss your attitude. (laughs) And this might go a little deep down the rabbit hole. We'll see, um, because I want to talk about the vibrational nature of your thoughts and your beliefs and your emotions and perhaps most importantly, your attitude, your attitude to pain, your attitude to life itself, your attitude toward yourself, your attitude toward the world at large, all of it matters deeply. And I want to dive into how it matters so deeply. And so I'll try my best to keep this info grounded, uh, but I apologize in advance if it gets a little out there. I love out there. So there. (laughs) So first and foremost, I want to say that I don't think it's a secret that the consciousness of the planet itself is shifting at a really stunning rate. Actually, people are waking up. Information is more available than ever before and is constantly expanding. And it seems that we are all, you know, kind of constantly getting our hands on newer and more interesting information until the next new piece of information shows up yet again, just further expanding our awareness Can you imagine how much knowledge we have in our heads now compared to, say, even our grandparents? It's pretty amazing. And our intuition is collectively getting stronger. And I think our our left-brained thinking mind, our logical mind, is becoming slowly but surely more and more willing to kind of traverse into that right-brained realm and explore the depths of of what it means to know something rather than just think about something. We live in a fractal universe. And if you don't know what a fractal is, Google image search fractals because they're amazing and they are just mathematical representations or well, artistic mathematical representations of the entire universe. The world that we see with our own two eyes is in fact a hologram where the same geometric patterns that appear within every single one of our roughly 60 trillion cells is mirrored in every single thing that exists all the way to the galaxies within the cosmos itself. This pattern is in everything, and it's just that it repeats in unique forms over and over and over again. So that means that you, me, 
the space between you and me, the computer that you're listening to this on, the telephone that you're holding in your hand, all contain molecules that make up an exact holographic microcosm of the entire universe. And similarly, our DNA within every single cell is made up of these two identical strands of nucleotides. Each strand is a perfect reflection of the other. This mirrors the yin-yang symbol of the Chinese I Ching, or the Book of Changes. And as you listen today, I want you to just assume that the words that I say are literally being downloaded into the DNA of every single one of your cells, penetrating the blocks of your everyday reality. I also want you to begin to imagine the life that you would like to be living. I want you to take a moment to just see yourself in the life of your dreams, your wildest dreams. Begin to feel into the freedom of that vision. And it's amazing when we spend some time in our imagination, just looking at what we would like to have happen, that we can feel into the openness of this freedom. Your imagination literally changes everything. It's where everything begins. It's where every project you've ever dreamt of started. And it can also be to our detriment. When we are hurting, we imagine what's happening in our bodies. We imagine what structures are broken. We imagine the tissues disintegrating. We imagine all these awful things that probably aren't even happening, but our DNA responds to those imaginings. So in order to feel better, we have to consciously choose to imagine what we do want to have happen. And you have to kind of begin to trust that there are infinite possibilities available to you within this fractal universe. And I want you to know that you who are listening, you sitting in your car or your living room, you have the ability to access the laboratory of your DNA simply because you are alive. Your DNA is literally programmable and it is just waiting for you to input the right code. And once it hears your commands, it can run this new program and begin to build your new reality, which includes a new set of feelings and the new body that you can imagine. So I just want you to take a moment, if it's safe for you to do so, and take a look at the tip of your finger. Just stare at your own skin for a little while. Within the tip of your finger, there are millions of tiny little skin cells. If you were to take one single cell and look at it underneath the microscope, you would see a layered sphere with this outer membrane. And then below that would be the inner mantle or cytoplasm which holds the working machinery of the cell. 
And then in the very middle, there's the nucleus, which contains the cell's DNA and its instructions. And you have 60 trillion of these individual cells within your body, and each one carries out these specific, complex, intricate tasks. But at the simplest level, every single cell of your body right now is just doing two things. It is listening and it is responding. Every single cell is listening and responding to your current environment through the cellular membrane, which is interpreting the signals that are coming from the environment and then relaying the instructions to the DNA. And then the DNA responds by activating the necessary machinery within the cell. And this incredible process is happening within all of your cells, within all of your body, all day long, with or without your conscious input, whether you are awake or asleep, and it will continue to happen until the day you die. And there is awesome power within this knowledge. And I believe that each and every single one of you is capable of tapping into this power of unlocking this power. Your DNA is actually really conductive. It's electromagnetically conductive. It's, it's, it contains salt. And so that means that it's sensitive to electromagnetic waves. So a really slight shift in your mood will trigger enough of an environmental signal to create a response from your DNA. And yet most of us are entirely unaware of the fact that our moods, our thoughts, our beliefs, and our general attitude literally shapes and molds our very bodies. Our DNA is so sensitive to all of the input from our environment, from all of the people that we live with, to the food that we eat, and the thoughts and beliefs we hold about literally everything. All of this is literally co-creating our body through our attitude. Your attitude determines the kind of electromagnetic signals that reach your DNA. So if you're having a rough day and your attitude reflects this all day long, then this attitude will foster a lower frequency impulse throughout your body. Your DNA will respond to this attitude by turning off certain hormonal pathways in your brain, which then kind of creates this sad feeling or this depressed feeling or this angry feeling. If, however, you have a rough day and you're able to bring your conscious awareness to that attitude and thereby shift it enough and perhaps even begin to laugh at yourself, then you stimulate this high frequency signal that will reach your genes and you'll feel lighter and happier as a result. So this is the very basis of the placebo effect, which says that the attitude that we have toward a certain modality, for instance, or a certain treatment is perhaps the most important variable in all of scientific testing. 
This process of programming your DNA through attitude is also the foundation of the science of epigenetics, which is the study of how our environment affects our genes. I love epigenetics, and if you're unfamiliar with epigenetics, I recommend looking into some Bruce Lipton. Bruce Lipton is uh, the author of The Biology of Belief. That book came out probably 11 years ago now. I read it when it first came out, and it changed my world. Um, It didn't change my world enough to release me from pain, but it changed my world into slowly beginning to believe what was possible. He's also got a bunch of YouTube videos um, all about epigenetics, and he's a really engaging speaker, so um, you'd do well to listen to some of him if you're feeling defeated. And so epigenetics is this newer branch of science, and it tells us that at the quantum level, our environment is our attitude. And this means that we cannot possibly be the victim of our own DNA or of fate. The only thing we can truly be a victim of is our own unique attitude toward life. And this explains why two people living under the same set of environmental circumstances, the same set of pressures, traumas, the same parents, the same, you know, crappy brother, like whatever your situation is, two people living under the same set of circumstances can have such a varied uh, response to that situation. And then their bodies can display totally different outcomes in relation to those circumstances. And the difference is that those two people have a different set of thoughts and beliefs and attitudes. And so every single word that you utter, every single action that you take, every thought, every feeling, every story you tell yourself about why you hurt, every story you tell yourself about what your past means to your body, every story that you tell yourself is literally programming your DNA. And therefore, it's reflected in your unique experience of your reality. So this is why some of us feel like we live in a hostile world, while others seem to be living in this harmonious, peaceful world. And the only difference is the attitude that that person has about the world. And then it's interesting because once you shift your attitude, the world starts to look different in your own eyes. It's amazing how a shift in your own inner world can literally reflect a different outer world. And at the quantum level, we are literally commanding into our reality the exact environment that we expect to see. And then we call it forward with our attitude and our expectation. So this shift in perception, this quantum shift, I believe, is the reason that a certain percentage of people do experience that infamous book cure when they first read Healing Back Pain. And what's happening in my eyes in that in those people is that they read, they believe, and they experience a quantum shift in their own attitude toward the pain. 
they have this instant 180 degree turn in their fear and their bodies are able to shift in a seemingly miraculous moment of grace. And so if your attitude is, has been um, difficult to budge, then this is your main homework, is to begin to only work on your attitude, your attitude toward your pain, your attitude toward life. Your attitude is so potent. And so I wonder what kind of attitudinal shifts could you begin to start to play around with? What could you begin to resonate with on an attitudinal level that could help you get to that life that you envisioned at the beginning of our time together today? So I just first want to inquire honestly and, and just answer within your own heart just very honestly at this time, what is your current attitude toward the symptoms in your body? Are you still at odds with your symptoms? Do you still hate what's happening? Do you maybe still tell yourself the story that your body is working against you? Do you tell yourself that maybe there's something really unchangeable, something really wrong or insurmountable with your particular situation? And if you answered yes to any of these, that's okay. But I want you to know that your DNA is responding to those thoughts, to those beliefs, which is why you might feel stuck right now. And so awareness is always step number one. And so it's okay if you've been stuck there. It's not your fault. We move towards what's familiar. And so a crappy attitude can get real familiar real fast. Especially if we grew up in an environment around a bunch of people with crappy attitudes. It's just ancestral at a certain level. It's societal at another level. But we always have the power to shift it. So I just want to share with you a couple of my own attitudinal shifts that I needed to create in my life to get where I'm at today. My initial attitude when I hurt all the time, um, I, I was one of those people who I would flare up anytime I did any sort of physical activity. And so my attitude was, I'm fragile and I cannot work out or do yoga or do anything. Otherwise I will trigger a flare, which meant that my genes heard me and therefore any little movement did trigger a flare. I had programmed my DNA that way. I had programmed my reality that way. And the moment my attitude shifted to one that understood that motion is lotion and that movement was good for me, I stopped getting triggered eventually. Might not happen instantly once you kind of shift, begin to shift your attitude. It's, it's again, it's an unwinding process. It's a muscle that you need to build. And so uh, it's not always in a moment 
or in an instant, and that's okay too. And then my previous attitude toward any new symptom that came into my body used to be, oh my God, what am I not understanding? What did I forget about mind-body stuff? What emotion have I not processed? Or did I drop the ball with my journaling? I took four days off. I knew I shouldn't have done that. How did I screw it up this time? It was kind of like this self-deprecating self-blaming attitude that I had towards myself when I had a new symptom arise. Now my attitude is that if a new symptom comes into my body, I think to myself, oh, I wonder what I'll learn about myself this time. Or, huh, how is my body trying to communicate to me right now? Maybe how can I begin to care for myself more deeply? What have I neglected within myself? How can I nurture myself? And then my previous attitude long ago, before any of the TMS work, my attitude about my own body was an attitude of, you're not perfect. You're never good enough. You're never thin enough. You're never toned enough. You're never attractive enough. And it took me a long time to shift this particular attitude, but I can honestly say, and I never thought I would be able to say this, but I can honestly say that I truly love this body that I'm in and all of its squishy imperfection. I am getting to this place where I can see myself as my own queen in my own right. And I'm so glad to have such a benevolent, wise body to house my infinite spirit within. And then I wonder, what is your attitude toward unwanted emotions? Is there any part of you that still feels like you shouldn't be experiencing them or that you're somehow mentally weaker for having this wide range of human emotion? Or is your attitude um, judgmental towards yourself for getting stuck on a particular emotion? For me, after many, 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 many months and years of struggling with intense anxiety, I had to cultivate this quantum shift in my attitude from one of, oh my God, feeling this much anxiety is not good. It feels like my heart's going to beat out of my chest. It feels like it's never going to go away. The more anxious I am, the more I'm attracting terrible things into my life. And it was this attitude of, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack if this keeps up. I was very fearful of the anxiety. I thought that the anxiety of itself was dangerous rather than normal and natural. So my attitude now is this attitude of, oh, thank you, anxiety, for just trying to keep me safe. Thank you for alerting me to things within my environment that maybe I used to perceive as dangerous. But it's okay that you're here. You can stick around as long as you need. And I know that even though I might feel some of the physical symptoms of anxiety, like tightness in my chest or that lump in my throat or knots in my stomach, that 
with all of that, I'm still okay. I can handle that. And then my previous attitude toward my own feelings of judgment and passive aggressiveness and anger and jealousy, I had this attitude of, well, I'm a nice person and I I have this image to uphold. And if I were truly a good person, I wouldn't ever think these things or feel these things. And so I repressed, of course. And so now I have this attitude of, oh, hello, judgment. Hello, jealousy, anger, and passive aggressiveness. I noticed that you've stopped on by. And I'll just sit with you in my conscious mind and allow you to run your course. And I'll be kind to myself for dipping into these lower energy fields. And at the same time, by allowing them, I know that I am transcending them. When I bring consciousness to these lower states, we move up the ladder of consciousness into the higher states. So the lower states aren't wrong. They just are. And so my previous attitude also to, let's say, other people, I mean, especially when I was younger, was an attitude of this idea of they, like I I saw us and them, you know, and I thought that they were cruel and they were judgmental and they were mean and they were insensitive. And now I have this attitude of, well, geez, if anyone's directing that kind of anger or judgment towards me, I honestly wonder, my goodness, what have they suffered to make them want to hurt me? I'll also ask myself one level deeper, well, what aspect of their behavior am I noticing right now? And is that aspect of their behavior something that I've done before or something that still exists within me? And, and the universe is just simply mirroring back that aspect of myself to me right now. We are all connected. We are all one. So how is this person's behavior a reflection of what's inside of me? And by just inquiring about that, you once again shift your attitude and you transcend out of victim consciousness and into an owner of your own spirit. And finally, my previous attitude towards the world at large was one of it's not safe or it's hard to get ahead without struggle. And now I honestly believe that this world and all of its imperfection is a magical, beautiful place. And it's blossoming in front of my eyes into this fractal world of infinite, limitless possibilities. And I can choose in each moment the possibility that I want to bring forward within my own experience. And that, my friends, is pretty cool. And it's available to every single one of us. So I don't want you to misunderstand me here. I'm not suggesting that you force positivity here when you're feeling hopeless. I'm suggesting that you begin to entertain the idea that you are stronger 
because of the hard stuff that you went through and that you are more able to experience the sweetness of joy because you've known such deep sadness and that you are wiser and more resilient because of mistakes and injuries that you've made or had. What we're doing here is we're just putting a different frame around our earthly experiences with the deep knowledge that our soul came here on this planet to grow and evolve. And we can either put up a fight against life itself and we can struggle with it, or we can choose to surrender into trust simply by shifting our attitude toward life itself. We can still work on our attitudes, on our positive attitudes without repressing any emotion. In fact, sometimes the emotions that we are repressing are the positive ones. This journey isn't about just feeling rage all the time. It's, it's about settling into truth and authenticity and this deep understanding that the world that we see and the body that we live in and the people that we meet are all reflections that are filtered through the lenses of our attitudes. And if we don't like what we're seeing, then we always have the choice to switch out our lenses. I've talked about him before, but I just want to mention him once more and recommend his book, Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning. He made his time in the worst possible situation in life, a Nazi internment camp. He made that time there about service to his fellow man. He knew that his wife and child were dead. He knew that he might die there. But he spent that time helping whoever he could to see through the fog of their own attitude. And he saw clearly how their attitudes towards their undoubtedly awful situation either brought them to their early grave or helped them to persevere in the thickest of conditions. And if you want to have a screw everything moment, then have a screw everything moment. The key is to bring your conscious awareness to those moments and notice who is it within you that feels that way and simply sit with him or her. And then ask yourself the question, well, how would I prefer to feel about this? Or how can I view this situation in a more empowered light? Every time I feel pain now, I say to myself something like, with every twinge I feel, I know that I'm unwinding the pain of my past or the pain of others or the pain of the earth itself. And it is my honor to unravel that for the benefit of all and myself. So whatever meaning you place on your life experience literally changes your DNA and it flavors your body's response to life. So this episode is just a simple plea to remain mindful. You have way more power than you realize. And that power 
lies within the energy behind each thought, feeling, and attitude. So choose a good one. I'm sending you my love. I'll see you next week.